0: We'd like to thank Cassiopeia Books for sponsoring Voices and Views. They are located at 606 Central Avenue in downtown Great Falls. Besides being a place to find your favorite books, they also host events with authors, book clubs, and local groups weekly. For special orders or more information, you can reach them at 315-1515. Welcome to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR 89.9 FM. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of interviewing Gordon Johnson, the chair of the Great Falls School District Board of Trustees, and Tom Moore, superintendent of Great Falls Public Schools. Gordon and Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. It is nice to be here.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump right in. We have had a lot of great investments in our school district coming in over the last few years. We had the big bond passage, $100 million, and we're going to be unveiling a lot of those projects on May 1st. Tell me more about that.
1: Yes, on May 1st at uh, 5.30 p.m. in the Great Falls High School Auditorium, and then again at 7 o'clock p.m. over at the CMR High School Auditorium, we will be um, celebrating the the end of uh, the 2016 bond issue uh, hundred million dollars that was appropriated for facilities across our school district so we're gonna be celebrating that at those two high schools and uh, thanking um, everyone who was contributory in in helping to make that a very successful project uh, so those uh, funds have been expended and we're bringing Um, this particular era of facilities enhancements uh, kind of to fruition and we want to thank our community and our contractors and the design teams and so forth and then the faculty and uh, the the staff and so forth who has helped to to manage this as we've gone through this these construction projects and um, so yeah that's happening on May 1st.
0: So could you give our listeners a quick preview, what are some of the highlights of of the new infrastructure that we have from this bond issue?
1: Well, the most um, obvious ones to the community are the two new elementary schools that we built, um, Longfellow Elementary, which is a beautiful new school in the heart of the city. Um, We tore down the old school and um, roughly on the same site constructed a brand new state-of-the-art elementary school. And then over at um, what was the uh, Lowell School over on the, that would be central east side of the city, I guess. Um, over in, in that neighborhood, we uh, tore that old school down. We were using it for a maintenance facility at the time and uh, constructed a brand new school there and moved the students who were housed in Roosevelt Elementary School over to that new school at what um, we call now Giant Springs. Another beautiful, uh, brand-new, state-of-the-art elementary school. Both of them are just gorgeous um, schools and a point of pride for our community now. And then the two high schools receiving um, substantial renovations. So up at CMR High School, new athletic um, space, uh, an additional gym. That high school had one gym facility, athletic facility. Uh, most of the AA high schools across the state have at least two Practice facilities, so the CMR um, athletes, student athletes, and so forth were having to, you know, go on double shifts and use West uh, Elementary School gym and other schools or are, are, uh, gyms around the, com- uh, the community. And so, adding some athletic space on there, um, a new wrestling facility, and weight facility, which was just it's just beautiful, state of the art stuff, and then a STEM. Uh, addition for science, technology, engineering, and math curriculum um, up on the uh, north side of the building. So some beautiful enhancements there and at Great Falls High School, 38 million dollar infrastructure project as well as an addition to the school. Um, Beautiful hub. They didn't have a central, uh, a large um, congregational area for students to, to congregate and um, forced to have events and activities, so we incorporated a central meeting place with the culinary arts and um, cafeteria area. It's just a beautiful addition to that facility, and it linked the south campus and the main campus together. Um, and then we enhanced the vocational, technical, career and technical education um, curricular areas in that building, too. And, um, and then did some incredible renovation on Memorial Stadium Put uh, synthetic turf down on that field, and just recently enhanced the, what was Krantz Park and the practice field over there. So um, those are points of pride, and then every building got some kind of a infrastructure upgrade. So boilers and uh, control systems, and ventilation, and windows, and uh, uh, lighting. Uh, just you know, numerous. Um, infrastructure kind of pipes and um, plumbing that needed to be upgraded and so forth so tons and tons of work done across this community for the last um, five years uh, six years actually and then enhancements with public um, uh, a public private partnership with our community so over four million dollars in private funding that came in from donors that wanted to do enhancements and so uh, some really great work that's happened here and, and some incredible stewardship and some very fortunate timing in terms of the f- the financing of these bonds. When we sold these bonds back in um, 2017, we hit the market just right and were able to capitalize on um, a very favorable market and that allowed for what they call some uh, bond premium. So we sold them for, it was an original $99 million um, bond issue or election, and when we sold those bonds, we received some premium um, for the interest rates on those bonds, and so that allowed for another close to $10 million in um, additional uh, resources for us to be able to do this this facilities work. So we did over 200 uh, over 110 million dollars worth of work
0: and that's very impressive and i do think one thing i want to highlight is these will have long-term cost savings right when i think about more efficient facilities you know energy efficient boilers that you have windows better insulation that if you guys kind of Taking an accounting of of how this can drive down costs over like a 20 30 year time frame because we don't hear about that often but i i know those dollars matter
2: well our school district is incredibly responsible with its dollars and this bond passing uh five six years ago was a goal one with a lot of work from uh our school administrators and community volunteers and this is an opportunity we're talking about May 1st this opportunity to see what um, what's been accomplished and Superintendent Moore has been very uh, effective in itemizing the objective uh, results of this bond passing but I think I'd like to take a look at some of the more subjective things and that is what it's doing for our teachers and our students. And I think anybody in Great Falls who drives by, I just came to the studio, drove by Sunnyside School <laughs> where my kids went to school. <clears throat> and it's, it's a tired looking building. And so we're hoping systematically that we can improve these facilities <clears throat> so that they work well to inspire kids to learn and invest in our teachers in places that are effective. If you go in the new elementary schools, uh, Longfellow or Giant Springs, and please do come on the tour, those of you listening, you will see that these buildings have been designed uh, by architects and teachers to be very effective in molding young minds. So it's not like when I went to school, or you went to school, it's uh, a facility that's designed for contemporary learning,
0: and and we should all take pride in that. 100%, I think it's uh, unreal if you look at the visual environment, right? How it can have effects on everything from like lower uh, discipline, you know, rates, problems with discipline, uh, higher achievement. I mean, this is stuff about like lighting, the paint, right? Mm -hmm. And part of this I think is intuitive that if you feel like you're valued, And a facility is, in many respects, a reflection of our value, right? If you come to a shoddy facility, it says, you know, I I don't have a lot of value, right? Why don't they keep this place up better? Whereas if you have a beautiful new facility, it says the people in this community are invested in my education. I have merit, and I'm going to... You know kind of return that reciprocated
2: you're absolutely right I mean these buildings um, as they are now the renovation at Great Falls High School and the elementary schools and and other factors um, these kids come to to, to the plant I'm gonna call it the plant but the school and everything's organized and there's they're greeted by people who care about them even love them Uh, they're fed nutritious meals Uh, they work on a schedule they're praised a lot of that stuff unfortunately students don't get at home so what we're providing is an investment in our society through improving our physical plants as it were for these children
0: absolutely and so one thing that I do want to have our listeners is get an idea of where are we today compared to like per capita spending relative to like Missoula Billings our other kind of you know big peers
1: we're probably um, on the lower end of the AA school districts, uh, just because of of um, you know the economic situation and uh, um, the enrollment. Um, however, uh, the investment that the taxpayers have made in the facility shows uh, the importance that education is to this community. Um, it was it's been forty seven years um, since yeah. we invested in a large facilities project like this or built new schools. And so, um, you know, six years ago, the community said, no, education is still very important to us here. Yes, we've had some hard times economically or uh, growth has been stagnant, but our, our children are still a high priority to us. And so um, investing in them. And then uh, during COVID, we passed an operational levy um, to, to keep programs and teachers and staff um, paid and so forth. So there's this constant recommitment of the community to to our schools and to our public education system here. We've been able to maintain comprehensive programs in two AA high schools uh, over the course of of their history here, over 80 years of having um, high schools with, you know, I think Great Falls High School was built like 80, 85 years ago now, almost, Mm -hmm. and um, CMR about 55 years ago. So there's a commitment to, you know, providing comprehensive programming, the arts and music. And um, we've talked about this before, the dual enrollment courses and the college access, as well as the career and technical education um, programs to get kids ready for the workforce. And um, the ROTC program for military service. The community has continued to commit to and support our public education system. The focus on um, this particular bond project was to ensure that we got fresh air into those schools, right, and that we controlled temperatures so that the teachers and the students were comfortable in that learning environment. And that's really hard to do when the average age of your schools is 65 years. I mean, th- I mean that. That was a challenge uh, for the engineers and the design team to be able to upgrade those systems in schools that were that old. In the new schools that they built, that was, it was easy because you're starting from the ground. It wasn't easy, but it was not nearly as challenging as going in and retrofitting and taking out uh, the old uh, heating systems and circulation systems. Great Falls High School, for crying out loud, if you were to walk in the basement of that place and look <laughs> at the size of the boiler that was there, prior to the bond, it, like, it, it was like something right out of the 1930s, which is when the school was built. I mean, it, it, so, so committing to getting fresh air, air circulation, temperature controls, and lighting, um, and then doing the ROI. You asked about the return on investment earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the projects have a, a, a better ROI than others. I mean, some of them are very expensive. And it'll be a long time before we recoup uh, the cost of that investment. And other others are really uh, quick turnaround in terms of efficiency. The digital controls on our boilers, for example, you I mean that that stuff is like no brainer. Um, yes, it's going to be provide that cost savings for us almost immediately. But um, it just it was an investment that this community said was important at this time, and I. I can't thank the community enough for wanting to step up and the people, as Gordon mentioned, who volunteered to go out and knock on doors and talk to the community about the projects that we envisioned and and then the voters to step up and pass both of these, both the high school and the elementary bond with a substantial margin. It wasn't uh, close, it was substantial yeah, we, this is what we want for our community.
0: And I do think, you know, the, the real return on investment is the human capital, right? That I think we all know education is the great equalizer. It's the key to uh, prosperity in the 21st century and in a 21st century economy. And one thing that I want to kind of note for our listeners is that I think taxpayers, right, obviously they don't like any tax, right? Rightfully so. They say they have to, you know, cut when things are tough and, and you know, they deal with it. But I think it's very important to understand the context that our Great Forest Public Schools are doing more with less than peer school districts around the state of Montana. And that you can feel good as a taxpayer that the results that we're delivering on fewer dollars are are comparable to these other districts on less money. And so I just want to kind of really highlight that. And then I want to pivot to give you guys a chance, you know, we talk a lot about downside issues that we see, but we don't wanna miss the huge bulk of our students who are really achieving great things. And Gordon, can you talk about things like, you know, our on-time graduation rate?
2: Absolutely, well, I, I agree with you fully. I mean, people, tax is sort of a, a dirty word, but I think that's born of money being not effectively spent. And when it is effectively spent, as is the case in this situation with investing in our schools, it is in the true sense of the word an investment. And I I think our public and our parents and students, teachers, administrators, everyone has a tangible sense of what's been accomplished through this bond uh, through the high school and the elementary schools. And, again, we want to invite our listeners to come join us on, on, on May 1st to see this because you drive by these buildings all the time. You drive by Great Falls High, CMR, Giant Springs. But to get the full scope of what's been accomplished, you really need to come inside and see what's happened. Uh, Great Falls High School is a marvel. I happen to have taken a group of people through back in October, and these were people older people who had gone to school there and their kids had gone to school there. And, and they were just in awe of, of what's been accomplished uh, since the time that they went to school. And again, as I said earlier, how it's contemporized um, education to accommodate. You don't want to teach your kids the way you were taught. You want to have new effective uh, methods and manners in which they can embrace uh, society.
0: Well, I always say we can't have a, a 20th century education system for a 21st century economy and that we are post-industrial and the the skills kids need are, are fundamentally different and we need to have, you know, different facilities, right? With- Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And you'll notice, Thomas, that I did not answer your question. So we're going to go to Tom Moore and have him address it.
0: So this is starting with, like, graduation on time rates because I sure. want our listeners to understand that, Yes, we have real issues. We are, you know, as a community need to address those. But there is a lot of very positive things going on with the vast majority of our students.
1: There are. And um, when you look at students who I talked to, I talked a few minutes ago about the comprehensive programs that this community offers to students. When students take advantage of those opportunities and there are tens of hundreds of kids a year that take advantage of those opportunities in our schools. Um, They are excelling. They can go anywhere and do anything. They're out in the community right now as juniors and seniors in high school, uh, working in internships, working part-time jobs and getting high school and or college credit while they're out working in the community, getting job skills in the workplace, being mentored by community members in business and industry while completing their high school degrees and either going on to college or post-secondary training or going right to work for those folks. There are there are countless numbers of students doing that and they're great examples, but the uh, accountability um, that public schools are held to around student achievement are metrics that are really hard to turn around in the short term, especially when you look at the causal factors for why kids aren't doing well. Why are they dropping out? Why are they not reading by third grade? Why are they not graduating within four years? Um, The United Way and the Great Falls Public School System back in 2009 started uh, an endeavor called Graduation Matters. The state of Montana was on the bandwagon with that, but we were working with United Way in Cascade County around um, the impact in three areas, education, income, and health. And, and so we started looking at what are the causal factors uh, that will help students read by the end of third grade or be ready for kindergarten or uh, graduate on time or attend school on a regular basis. So we've had some challenges in that regard. Um, there's no doubt. And um, the on-time graduation rate, the on-time graduation rate uh, this year, as reported in a, a board work session just a couple of weeks ago, is uh, I think 82.3% or something like that, close to 83%. We've been up close to 85% in the last uh, few years. And it fluctuates some. Um, it's in the 80s. That, that means that 80% of our students are graduating within four years. So once they enter the high school and as a ninth grader, they have four, the clock starts ticking and they have four years to complete their high school diploma. Um, and and some kids fall off the rails. They, they don't accumulate the credits that they need to annually, and so they have to go to summer school, or they have to make up classes and take an extra load. And some of them do that, and they get back on track. It's amazing when you hear the, the recovery stories of a lot of these kids, but there's some who just don't get it done in four years. So they come up uh, to the college here where um, radio, the radio station is housed and they, uh, they take their um, high school equivalency uh, program and they graduate within their fifth year, for example. And, um, and those aren't counted in our on-time graduation rates. So the community, again, has invested resources to ensure that people, young people, um, can get the skills that they need to be able to navigate their future. And we don't always tell those stories very well because you look at the 82 percent you say well how's that compared to the rest of the state and it's below average and so are schools failing Um, no they're not they're absolutely not failing the last time i checked an 82 percent was a b you know i mean that's not an f it's not an f grade so there's a lot of kids in this community who are doing what they need to do they're taking advantage of the opportunities and they are prepared for their future um, and do we have a lot of work to do to help those others that are struggling? Absolutely. And again, there are countless stories of people across this community that step in and step up to help students and families who are struggling. But um, it's, it's a challenge. And Gordon alluded to this. A lot of the attitude and the disposition of the children, the staff, and the families. Is what, is, what is the environment like that we're learning in? Are our schools run down and in shambles? Are they, you know, are they archaic and and aged? Or are they state-of-the-art and are they welcoming and bright and warm and, you know, the the creature comforts are there? And the majority of our schools in this school district on a daily basis are that way. They are inviting, they're they're comfortable and, when, when you have buildings this age, it's a challenge sometimes. The lights go out, the heat goes off, the boilers don't work, the plumbing pipes break. And so, you know, we've had to deal with all of that. But, you know, people are flexible and adaptable, and we work hard to get those um, issues addressed quickly. We have a great maintenance team. And, um, again, people understand that we have, we have to deal with it. So it's like, like in your home or with your own home or your own car. Stuff breaks, and, and you have to fix it. You have to maintain it, and you have to invest in that, and we've done that here, so, um,
0: yeah. The other issue I want to do address is on maintaining high standards. So I, I give this anecdote. I actually wrote a, a note on this in law school where you have Mississippi, okay, has apparently the highest percentage of kids proficient in reading in the country, right? that is on their own state tests, which they drop the standards to the floor, right? You compare them on a national, it's a PISA, right, the international test, they're the lowest in the country, mm-hmm. right? I think one thing that our our listeners need to understand, and I know that Great Falls has kept this very high, is that this is not a pass-through school district where there are places you just show up and sit in the seat and you're going to get a diploma. And you're not having people that are educated in any meaningful sense and are ready to go out and succeed in the, in the workforce or, or in college, right? Can you talk about the, the high standards that Great Falls maintains, which you require students to, to meet?
2: There's a very effective set of policy that the Great Falls Public Schools works within, and it's maintained and sort of monitored by the Montana School Board Association, but we take that policy and we make it our own and it ensures high standards and we have we have paperwork that just about covers everything including um, learning uh, discipline um, books all kinds of things so that we have a template we have a book a playbook a playbook to work from basically and we have working within that context of policy and standards an incredible administrative staff and a very highly valued uh, group of teachers that are working to ensure that what you mentioned is going to be in place and
0: effectively
2: uh, offered to our community.
0: Because I I think that's something that's very important is you've heard, you know, the race to the bottom is a term that's used a lot to have schools uh, meet no child left behind requirements. And I, I just think it behooves us to mention that Great Falls Public Schools has not been part of that Trend and that maintains high standards, and so you are going to see that 83% is a very meaningful 83% of people that are Ready to go day one into higher education or careers.
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of challenges and our superintendent here uh, refers to these challenges as opportunities, which I think is a good way to to view it, but yes, uh, we have uh, challenges like any other school district has um, from what I read uh, we're probably faring better than most and I, I really believe a large part of our success is due to the fact in our com- our community's belief that we're doing a very good job for the youth of our community
0: I, I,
1: I would concur I, I think that um, there are a number of challenges however the standards that we have set are unwavering. We, we don't lower the standards. We just have to tack it differently. So our team, as Gordon has mentioned, for the last 15, 20 years that I've been associated with the district, looks as the, looks at this data and these outcomes as challenges, but more so as an opportunity to figure out a different way, a different way to engage students, to help them meet the challenges of a rigorous curriculum. So we, we require 23 credits to graduate from our high schools. State of Montana requires 20. 13 of those credits are specified by the Board of Public Education in Statute, and the other seven are elective courses. But in our school district, we've added three more to that. And we've had numerous occasions to review our standards and our requirements And we do it on a regular basis and have decided that we're going to continue to maintain that. And then what we've also done is we've personalized learning. So we've looked at the individual needs of students. Paris Gibson Education Center is uh, an attendance center for any student in the school district and surrounding communities that wants uh, wants to engage in getting their high school diploma, but they need a different pathway to get there. And so, when you drill into what goes on in that high school, it's not less rigorous; it's a different approach, and the student has to buy into it. Is there flexibility? Is there more? Um, is there more personalization in what individual students need? Yes. Each kid gets a, uh, each student there gets a personalized learning plan that that looks at what their gifts, talents, and challenges are and designs a program for them. Um, We've got kids that are graduating early from high school because they've accumulated 30-some high school credits and they're ready to go to college or they're ready to go to work. And So we have kids on both ends of the spectrum and we've personalized to the degree the the statutes have allowed for and our policies allowed for. And you're seeing in the legislature right now uh, some bills that will afford even more um, flexibility and personalization and innovation and in how uh, students learn and, and our district will embrace that we've got a couple of teachers right now that have provided me with a, a super innovative plan for, um, for the future so we're looking to the future and how can we stay ahead of what, uh, what students are going to need to go to work or to go to college or to go into the military in this next era and um this district has always been that district so
0: and so i love it that that's the you know the optimist sees the uh opportunity in every difficulty and the pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity and uh you know i can tell that the mentality of the school district is we're not gonna you know wring our hands about things that are outside our control that may have changed in society we're gonna roll up our sleeves and we're gonna get to work and gordon uh I want to leave you guys both with a chance to give a call to our community. We know come out May 1st for the open house. Um, you've listened to this. You say, you know what, I love that our, our our school board, our administration is 100% behind our kids. I want to get involved. How can you as a listener uh, get involved in this mission to educate our next generation for the challenges of the future?
2: Well, I would, again, encourage our listeners to come in and see this open house on May 1st. Uh, I just wanna, that's, that's sort of a principal message here today is come on and take a look and see what's been accomplished. But also I want to encourage our community to continue to be involved with education and to be involved with kids and to keep a positive mindset. Uh, we can be dragged down so quickly by social media, by what we hear on the television, what we read on the news, Uh, there's so much gloom and doom. But the reality is, in our community, is that we're doing our level best to make this community a really shining example for our students and our teachers. We want to inspire our teachers to keep doing the good work that they're doing, and we want to inspire young adults to become teachers to mold the future of this country we live in and we embrace. Tom, final thoughts?
1: Well, Mr. Johnson has hit the nail right on the head with the the positive uh, encouragement for folks to come into our schools. On May 1st, on that evening, uh, at those two schools, at Great Falls High School and CMR High School, we're going to open the doors and have about a half-hour presentation of the overall um, bond projects, And then we're going to invite the community to tour those schools. But throughout the month of May, and I want to emphasize this, throughout the month of May, all of our schools are going to be having some type of an event, whether it's a a spring concert in their school or a parent night in their school to invite the community back into that school. It'll be uh, kind of the end of the year kind of celebrations and so forth during the month of May. And then they're going to show off the projects that took place in that particular school. So the middle schools had substantial projects. Uh, As we've mentioned, these two elementary schools that are brand new, they'll have open houses at their schools as well. So if they don't make it on May 1st, if the community can't make it to uh, either CMR or Great Falls High School, your neighborhood elementary school will be having events. Those will be on our website, and you can check with the, the local school principal to find out what's happening in that particular school across the community. We have 21 schools, so I wasn't going list, to uh, list them all off here today. But um, And again, getting involved in, in your schools. We have grandparents and, um, and retired folks who don't have children in the school system right now that are active on PTAs. They come to board meetings. They volunteer to get on curriculum committees. Uh, there have been three individuals who have been coming regularly to our school board meetings and are involved in in, and engaged in what's going on with our curriculum but those committees and that work is open to everyone Um, the transparency is there's a lot of conversation right now about parents rights well parents have always had rights and and all they need to do is go in and talk to their school principal about what they want for their child and and work together with our school staff, our administrators and our teachers, and my experience in Great Falls, and I've worked in three different districts in 42 years, is that this district will bend over backwards to do what we can to help every student and their parents and our care providers ensure that those students are successful in our system. So I want to encourage people to get involved and um, come to school board meetings, get on different committees, spend some time in your local elementary school and see what's happening there. The Chamber of Commerce just had a business goes to school thing here two weeks ago where we had um, business um, folks from across the community in Great Falls paired up with school principals, and they spent a half a day with them, um, following them around, shadowing them, and then having a luncheon uh, and debriefing what they saw when they were in in those schools. And uh, the testimonials that came out were, were incredible. I, I had no idea that schools had changed this much since I was in <laughs> school and so forth um, and and again high praise for our uh, for our community for investing in, um, in our public schools and in our children's future we appreciate tremendously um, the citizens of Great Falls who have voted these, uh, these bonds and these levies to continue to support our public school system. So thank you, and please come out and see the good work that's been done
2: over the last six years.
0: Perfect. Gordon, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the
2: show. It's been a pleasure to share this word with our community, and Thomas, thank you so much for the invitation
0: to join you this morning. You've been listening to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR 89.9 FM. And that was Gordon Johnson, the chair of the Great Falls Public Schools Board of Trustees, and Tom Moore, superintendent of Great Falls Public Schools. for listening. If you'd like more information about KGPR, please visit our website, kgpr.org, where you can find a link to donate, links to all of our other locally produced programming, and information about your local voice. KGPR, Great Falls.